Some horror franchises continued on as normal. Some became meta critiques on themselves, and Chucky got gay for a while. I'm Nato Kitch, and tonight on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we're looking at Seed of Chucky, the Chucky before they went back to horror murder doll time. But because other toys can be murderous too, I'm joined by two odd tours with film ideas for other killer children's entertainment items. First up, their plot is complex, but he can still connect the dots. It's Ro. Hi, everybody. My name is Ro, and for my killer children's toy movie idea, we're sinking, we're shrinking the kids down, sticking them inside Hot Wheels, putting them on those deadly Hot Wheels tracks, oh and reenacting God. Death Proof. <laughs> death Proof without the lap dance. Let's go. <laughs> For the record, connects was a toy kind of like Legos, but with like <laughs> joints. You connect, that. you connected them. Uh, next up, <laughs> she'll use Mr. Bucket to help dump your body. It's Amelia. Wait, did you say Mr. Bucket? I think you must mean Mr. Bouquet. No, <laughs> I have a Mr. Ro gets it. Ro gets it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a Mr. Bucket, and I always wanted one as a child, but my parents wouldn't let me have one, so I bought one when I was an adult. Um, anyway, Amelia, what's your pitch? <laughs> alright, 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 so hear me out, hear me out. Okay, it's like the thing, alright, but remember like that slime you used to make in, uh, middle school like science lab with the boron and the dish soap and it turns mm-hmm. into all the slime it's the thing but that some <laughs> kid does like a lab experiment making slime and the slime takes over the entire school and then the world just progressively becoming bigger and bigger and more throbbing and throbbing but it's totally not gay uh, <laughs> anyway. Some kid made Ooblack and now it's out to get us. It's it's a horror reboot of the Nickelodeon Choice Award, Kids Choice Awards. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are interested in giving me a lot of money for me to produce this movie, I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram. <laughs> this is the Kids Choice Awards, but if it was on Nick at Night. <laughs> <laughs> So, so it's just a bunch of Cosby shows? Um, Seed of Chucky is the fifth movie in the Chucky series. A character who is currently seeing a renaissance thanks to his surprisingly great TV continuation that explores queer themes while also expanding the character's lore. Um, and a lot of those themes can be traced back to the creator and director of this movie, Don Mancini. So let's give you a taste of this killer series. The Child's Play slash Chucky series follows Chucky, a doll inhabited by the soul of serial killer Charles Lee Ray, as he tries to elude capture and get out of his plastic body before he becomes trapped there forever. That's kind of abandoned uh, along the way. But uh, in Seed of Chucky, Chucky and his girlfriend slash sometimes wife Tiffany, played by Jennifer Tilly, have become <laughs> dormant. Has become dormant and used as mechanical dolls in a Hollywood horror film starring Jennifer Tilly. Chucky and Tiffany are woken by their child, Glenn slash Glinda, and the trio decide to find human bodies to transfer into, specifically Jennifer Tilly as Tiffany, 
as they follow the Academy Award-nominated actress home and cause havoc along with bonding as a family of killers and trying to quit killing for the sake of their child. All of this, a lot of queer themes, and more are waiting for you if you haven't seen Seed of Chucky. As for us, we're going to board the murder spoiler boat to talk more about this movie, Toot Toot. Uh, so, what do y'all think of Seed of Chucky? I have two things that I want to say right off the bat. Uh, first being, uh, this is my first foray into the Child's Play series, and I was expecting doll horror, which I have been told by my friends is, like, Child's Play 1 and 2. By the time we get to Seed of Chucky, it's less doll horror and more, like, Maury, that's not my kid family drama. <laughs> which I was not expecting. And number two, as soon as I found out that Jennifer Tilly was playing herself in this movie, I was like, wow, is this, a, is this supposed to be some meta-commentary since she was in the previous movie as an actual character? Are they doing, like, the Julia Roberts, playing yes. Julia Roberts thing in Ocean's 12? And then, as soon as I wrote that in my notes, she said the Julia Roberts line, and I was like, what the fuck? How did she know? <laughs> I've been duped! <laughs> so, I want to start off by saying that I usually watch the Child's Play series uh, about every other year during spooky season. Um, I'm guessing one of those is, to this year is going to be one of those years. Um, but, like, the whole series is kind of like a meta comment. It's just like Scream. But more campy. It's like a meta commentary on slasher movies. <laughs> well, the first one was like a commentary on like how prevalent marking had become to children. You know, like yeah, um, like Teddy Ruxpin, uh, talking Tina from the Twilight Zone was like uh, influence and inspiration for the series. And then from like I think from like two onward is when it started getting the little you know smirk in the side, and then Bright yeah. Chucky is when it just like Chucky it was on a shark wall. and jumped another shark, and then the shark exploded, and then the other shark exploded. You know, yeah, Bright of Chucky is when it goes off the rails for sure. Bright of Chucky is when they start asking for the bat shark repellent. It's, like, it's actually Got kind it. of it's actually kind of interesting because like after Seed of Chucky, it went back to more traditional horror. And it's kind of, like, stayed there, but it's also had... I don't want to say it's, like, meta-like scream, but it's, like, it's got its own self... It knows what it is, but it also likes to expand on its own lore. And it takes itself seriously, but it also knows when to have fun. But here's the thing. Okay, so with all that being said, as somebody who's watched most of the movies in this series several times, I want to say most because there's some that I've, like, eh, whatever, like, I skip over... Um, I never realized until today when I was watching this movie with a more critical eye, like how much it's really obvious, I think throughout like the franchise that John Waters is kind of an influence <laughs> in like <laughs> Damon C's, uh, filmmaking because, oh my God, when I was watching this one today, I was like, I totally get it. Like these characters are so over the top. And like you just said, like kind of like tackling serious kind of matters but like self-aware but like not too serious about it and like on the campier side yeah. it, it just it's like if john waters did a horror movie and was 20 years younger 
I feel like I feel like the definition of camp because we keep going back to talk about camp, right? Because it's kind of a through line in a lot of queer film. It's mm-hmm. a lot of what our genre is based on. And it's a really hard thing to pin down because it's very, you know, kind of conceptual. Right. But I think a nice indicator of camp is something that's very self-referential that takes itself, like, really seriously, but also knows that it's taking itself really seriously and, like, uses that to be even more (laughs) (laughs) self-referential. And they said Bros was the first gay movie. Uh, queer themes are not really <laughs> rare in horror movies. Uh, even right. horror in general, with examples like Picture of Dorian Blues and people interpreting the themes of Poe and Kafka to similar parts of the queer experience, uh, among many other examples. How do you feel? Uh, how does it feel to have a horror franchise that actually full on embraces its queer themes and just like kind of goes for it? I think it's refreshing. For me personally, um, it's refreshing and it, I don't know, it makes up for a more compelling movie, right? Because I liked, <clears throat> I liked the, the themes about gender in this movie. Because in the beginning, they're kind of there. And like, by the end of it, you can kind of tell that this entire movie is somewhat of like an allegory for Glenn slash finding themselves, right? Um, I I I would tend to agree with that. I mean, I don't have the rest of the series as context because, again, this is my first child's play movie. But um, I think it's really nice, especially in a movie from what the early two thousands, right? Yeah, two thousand four. Two thousand four. To have, like, gender-fluid representation, especially at a time when, like, people are still trying to get over the gay thing. Like, they're not super ready to start talking about all the different flavors of trans. (laughs) Um, And it's also, like, I think kind of typical that we get this kind of gender-fluid representation. Mm -hmm. Because people are not ready to talk about all the different flavors of trans, like, it's really easy to frame this conversation in, like, really, like, malnourished mental health terms. (laughs) So, uh, just for context, both Don Mancini, the writer of the Child's Play series, it's the first one, and the director of this movie as well as uh, Chucky in the TV series, have both uh, definitively definitively described Glenn slash Glinda as gender fluid. So we, it's like definite representation instead of like last, last year we talked about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 that had, it's a very gay movie. Um, But like, None of it was explicit. None of it was, like, confirmed. It's, like, a perfect example of, like, kind of queer coding, uh, in a way. Whereas this one, it's, like, slap in the face, hey, Glinda's trans. (laughs) (laughs) Right, it's literally like, well, you don't have to be a boy or a girl. You can be whatever you want. (laughs) Which is really, like... (laughs) 
for for a you know for a couple of murderers uh and serial killers like it's kind of refreshing you know to see that kind of acceptance um why do you think that it's easier to embrace chucky at and like the babadook as lgbtqia plus icons but like jesse walsh from nightmare on street isn't like really included as one i don't know man gay people be thirsty for all sorts of shit it doesn't make any sense (laughs) all i know is that the babadook can throw it back more like the twerk a duke. Um, so let, let's 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 actually talk about these characters because, like, I do duke and his baba donk, <laughs> badonka dog. Um, so uh, uh, I really love Chucky. So tell me about Chucky in this movie and why, like Dahmer, he wouldn't have been a serial killer if you could go back in time and give him hugs and kisses. I don't know, man. Chucky seems pretty happy with the path that he's chosen. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely has no qualms with being a killer, I'll tell you that. In his own words, it's kind of like a hobby. It relaxes me. (laughs) (laughs) Brad Dourif. Oh, go ahead. I think it's funny that they kind of refer to killing as an addiction like any other addiction especially when tiff is on the phone with like the 12-step guy (laughs) trying to talk herself down from killing somebody (laughs) the guy just gives her like the worst advice (laughs) okay but here's the thing here's the thing i really thought that that entire scene was kind of like uh a, a low-key but very direct kind of criticism of how 12-step programs work. Because she also mentions that part where, like, oh, you've got to give yourself up to a higher power. And, like, 12-step programs are notorious for, like, having a really low success rate. And I think a lot of, like, those kind of, like, you're going to fall off the bandwagon or whatever. You're going to... you got to... you got to believe in God essentially to get better and understand that there's like things outside of your control or whatever. Like I think those things have to do with like the low success rate of it. That's a lot of the criticism that those 12 steps programs have gotten at least. Um, and anyways, yeah, I, I really, I liked that scene. I thought it was really funny. I do want to say for like the record, I, I really liked it in that scene specifically <laughs> where, uh, like they mentioned that, you know, some, I know it was like for a joke, but it's like when talking about addiction and you say stuff like, you know, everyone slips, everyone has a slip and stuff like that and reaffirming that it's okay. That's something you don't usually see or hear when people talk about addiction. And I really like that because like as someone who like has had like they quit smoking in the past and it's not like the worst thing in the world, but it's not the best thing in the world. Uh, to have someone like say when you like go when you have like another pack of cigarettes and stuff like that and like kind of when you're trying to quit that it's okay and that just you know try again and everyone does it is it's really affirming um so i did like that piece of advice didn't like the higher power stuff but right 
Do you think and it... I think... Oh, sorry. The The one other thing I wanted to mention about that was, like, I thought it was really, like, kind of smart of them to... Um, there's, like, that whole scene where she's, like... <laughs> calling the murder like the murder victim's widow and like the the whole thing like I thought was very smart because like I think a lot of the time when we're talking about like you know um about these kinds of things like people will be like forgive people you know kind of unabashedly right like people deserve to be forgiven but like she's literally on there and she's just like I'm sorry I murdered your husband um, but like I was really in a dark time of my life and I've put all that behind me. I'm in recovery now. And then she's like, I feel so much better while like the victim's like widow is just sobbing in the background. I don't know. Like that whole scene I thought was so well done. <laughs> like, the whole thing. I mean, that's a legit 12 step thing though. Right. Is it that, is. Like but that's, you, that's you make your, you make your amends and people are free to react how they choose to react because, you know, you did something to harm them and forgiveness is, like, it's welcome but not necessary. Right, like, and you that's might the thing feel that better, you have to but live this with. person is, like, legitimately <laughs> just, like, fucked up in the background, like, what the hell, like... Although I so, think <laughs> taking it to murderous degrees might be a little too far. It's, like, Probably. really fucked up to do. So let's, right. talk, about, let's, let's talk about Tiffany, um... Who arguably so Jennifer Tilly? I as I think both Amelia and I will agree on this. Jennifer Tilly arguably breathed enough life into the series by giving Chucky an equally as deadly partner and foil that like it kind <laughs> of gave the series enough like notoriety to keep on going to make it kind of like exist. Uh, Man. It's like it's adding Bride of to the beginning of a horror series just makes for a great sequel. Who would have thought? <laughs> and we'll talk Definitely about Jennifer. never been done before. <laughs> and we'll talk about Jennifer Tilly as Jennifer Tilly as a separate character. But um, how is she as Tiffany? <laughs> I just. I love, like, that scene when they're on the phone together really solidified for me how Tiffany, like, as far as, like, voice goes, like, I feel like the director was basically like, okay, you're you enough right now, I want you to be even more you. Like, really exaggerate that voice that you're known for. (laughs) Like, yeah, she gives <laughs> off like bad mom who's trying her best vibes, which I really appreciate. <laughs> right? We'll stop killing for you, son. <laughs> of course, they don't. They don't. But she's like, at least she tries. <laughs> which is more than you can say for most parents. That's no. true. <laughs> you know, I kind of, I kind of wanted. The the parody of Red Man to die too, so I was like rooting for her because uh, he was you like mean a, Mr. He was, Man, he was a fucking jerk. Um, <laughs> I also like Man. I also like that that line lives rent free in my head. I want y'all to know that that like a lot of the time when people say something to me in my head, I'm just like, thank you, Mr. Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd also like to mention real fast that uh, Brad Dourif is the voice of Chucky, and I believe, especially with season two of Chucky coming down, um, he's played Chucky for more screen time than any other horror killer, including Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Uh, so I think he has like the longest run as a horror villain, minus that brief reboot stunt with Mark Hamill that we don't talk about. Oh, that's crazy. Um, so Billy Boyd is the only member of the Chucky family who is not nominated for Academy Award. Uh, so he plays Glenn or Glenn, Glenn slash Glinda, which is a reference to the Ed Wood film about a cross-dressing, uh, sorry, about a cross-dresser co-starring Bela Lugosi. Ed Wood was a heterosexual, but, uh, did find comfort dressing as women, um, making the film semi-autobiographical. It is a very old, very low-budget cult film. Uh, Tim Burton also covered that in his Ed Wood biopic. Um, so, but the Glenn slash Glinda character, on the other hand, falls under gender fluid, according to the series, and according to the creator, as we've mentioned before. Uh, how do you think Boyd's performance was as both someone searching for their identity, but also as a murderous doll. I mean, I just like Billy Boyd anyways. <laughs> He's a great actor. <laughs> um, How do Chucky but, and Tiffany have a British child? Yeah, Scottish okay. Glenn slash duh has to be one of the most like confused characters of all time. Like, they have an English accent slash Scottish accent, but they're Japanese. Um, they're Speak Japanese. Not too. sure in the moment whether they're a boy or a girl. Like, which is okay. It, it it's uh, which is fine, but like you know, how many more ways do you need to tell us that this character is like very confused? <laughs> and has I, not had a stable life at all. I mean, yeah, that's kind of how I read it. Like, they just don't know themselves. Like, they they were found in a graveyard by, like, this fucking weird-ass dude that is exploiting them, right? Um, And then... Like, I, I'm guessing... So I, that they were raised in England, right? Or in the UK somewhere, because that's where they got the accent. But all they have as a clue to, like, their heritage is made in Japan, right? Because they're a doll. <laughs> so. Why would you put made in Japan on, like, the wrist? Shouldn't it be, like, on the leg or something? Because I'm just then saying you wouldn't be like able to snap. have the moment where they're looking <laughs> at their wrist and being like, oh, I was made in Japan, I'm Japanese. Oh no, I have to pull my whole ass pants down in order to figure out that I'm made in Japan. <laughs> Damn, look in the mirror. They pulled the pants down anyway, eventually. Chucky and Gwen slash Dub pull their pants down and they're like, oh, <laughs> we must be related. <laughs> Speaking of related, Jennifer Tilly also plays an almost parody version of herself and the idea of the diva actress. What do you think Jennifer Tilly brings to this movie that Tiffany doesn't? Um, in the words of Tiffany, oh my god, she's a complete slut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. 
<laughs> it must have been so fun for Jennifer Tilly to just like basically like play opposites of herself <laughs> in this movie. I loved all the references to it too, though. <laughs> like, when they're on the phone with each other, it's just like that what did you- sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> or when Chucky's like, or when Chucky's like, oh yeah, but that voice though. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think Tiffany falling in love with Jennifer Tilly at first sight seems oddly masturbatory, but that, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I guess. You, I, I grew you, up on Tumblr and AO3, so, like, the idea of, like, fictional self-cest is, like, not new to me. <laughs> Are you saying that if you were a murderous doll voiced by yourself, you wouldn't want to do yourself? <laughs> is, that what, is that what I'm hearing? Maybe, in that context, maybe. You know, I do think that Dahmer just needed a hug and kisses if I could go back in time, and then he wouldn't be a serial killer, I think. Oh, yeah, anyway. totally. So- also, let's just say that Evan Peters is totally the greatest actor of our time, even though we've only seen him perform the same exact role for, like, 11 seasons of American Horror Story, but that's fine. Actually, I'd like to disagree with that, because I think John Waters noted film noted fan of the series and also my filmmaker of all time is also the greatest actor of all time, specifically in 25% of this movie. Oh yeah, no, John Waters' death scene was so perfect the way he screamed. I'm I'm really sad though. I am really sad. I don't know why it was necessary to kill the character even, like, Chucky obviously could not have known that he was there at the house (laughs) taking pictures, I feel like they just added in a John Waters death scene because John Waters wanted a photo with the dolls. <laughs> he I didn't think even John Waters off. just wanted to like perform a death scene. That's how I read it. He didn't I was even like, get... John Waters just really wants to do an over the top scream and like pretend he's dead for a second. Also, <laughs> but he he also, didn't actually just... get killed off by the by Chucky though, or or Glenn slash Duh. And I'm very sad about it. it's like his death was an accident, and he's like a fan of the series. And I'm like. You could have at least, like, had the picture with them, like, you know, Chucky stabbing him or something. <laughs> also, are we just gonna pass over the fact that NATO has, like, two or three times in this episode basically said, I can fix him! I know he's a serial killer and crazy, but I can fix him! Don't worry, I'll love. say it more. <laughs> I'll be saying it more in the future, don't worry. If you want, I can switch it up and say, um, what's the, who's the other guy, the, the clown killer? What are the funniest, um, Gacy? Yeah, I can fix Gacy. I just, of the South Park Three Stooges. Well, I can't fix, you know I can't episode? fix, I can't fix Bundy because you know he's straight. So. Yeah, you know that episode, right? In South yeah. Park, where the devil's having a party, and You're so he sends Dahmer, Gacy, and Bundy out to fetch a cake, and they're basically doing three Stooges routines and killing everybody the whole time. <laughs> Why'd you kill the cake maker? Walk, walk, walk. Um, or something. I find it really funny that, or that uh, like, 
John Waters plays like this paparazzi photographer, but John Waters is also like a photographer in real life. He actually made a movie about it called Pecker. Um, I have like a book of his photographs and they're really good. And the photographs that they have him take in this movie are less than that, which kind of makes me a little sad. But I just also, love how <laughs> skeezy he is. Just going back to our earlier conversation, <laughs> I can't believe I can fix him. I know he's a killer, but I can fix him is if, like the line that you draw and you won't go to the <laughs> also problematic viewpoint. I know he's straight, but if he would just give me a chance. <laughs> We're going to come back to that later, but let's talk about John Waters. <laughs> It's called it's called burying the lead, and you just like you know put it in there, and then later on you come back to it to actually have like a, a pointed discussion about it. <laughs> so there is a lot of sorry, questions. Sorry, Bundy, I tried. <laughs> I mean, Bundy has that unibrow, and I'm not into that. Um, yeah. So there are. <laughs> That's always been the thing for me, too. Every time people are like, oh, my God, Bundy was so hot, though. I look at a picture of him, and I'm like, yeah, but he has a unibrow. Like, is what? He, is he just hey, hungry or something? unibrows are fixable. Please we have, we have razors and teasers. <laughs> unibrows are fixable, much teasers. like Jeffrey Dahmer would be if I could go back <laughs> and give him hugs and kisses. So there, there are a lot of questionable actions that we kind of maybe let slide in this film because Chucky is a murderous doll with the soul of a serial killer. Um, in season one of the TV series, Chucky actually does have a scene where he talks with Jake, the main character of that, uh, who's a teenage uh, kid who is also gay and kind of discovering his own feelings and also... Trying to stop Chucky from murdering everyone, which I think are kind of one and the same if you think about them. Um, so Chucky describes uh, Glenn slash Duh as gender fluid uh, with the, the quote uh, when he's asked, you know, if he accepts Glenn slash Duh as I'm not a monster, which kind of draws a line in the sand to say, you know, like, I'm a murderer, but at least I'm not, you know, uh, you know. Anti-LGBTQ. Um, but also, he did participate in forced impregnation, which I think might be one of the worst things in the series, and arguably worse than being anti-LGBTQIA in some aspects. You know what I think is the most defensible action in this movie? Is that fucking turkey baster? <laughs> the drip of that drip of cum that comes out of that turkey baster oh for some reason made me wretch. <laughs> I think I literally wrote in my notes like the, that drip from the turkey baster, though. Like, it's I so just... terrible. Dude. It's so terrible. It's like the also like the s- intro where the sperm's swimming through <laughs> the so I'm like, oh my god! Not only is the CGI terrible, but also like it's called the seed of Chucky. What did you expect? I don't know what it is. Like, I 
I'm into men, but the idea of sperm just makes me gack sometimes. Especially when it's from a doll in a tiny little cup. You, you can't say that this film didn't give you what the title promised. So, so all Fair I'm enough. saying... You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. The title but, did tell us explicitly what we were to expect. My question, and I'm not a physician, but I've always wondered this. Like, does the turkey baster actually work? Because we also saw it in uh, Rick and Steve. Um, but, like, wouldn't, like, the sperm be sterile at that point? Or does it just, like, keep going when it's exposed to air? I don't know how sperm works. I just do it. <laughs> um, uh, Same. <laughs> he also had a part at the end... Of this movie, Chucky did, where basically, like, he also drew the line and said, like, the entire situation of trying to inhabit their bodies and realizing they also impregnated Jennifer Tilly with doll sperm was, you know, too crazy even for him. Um, so maybe that was, like, the the realization that he needed to reevaluate his life and just murder people instead of all of this. Uh, which makes a little bit of sense to me. Can we just say, though, um, and I'm horrible. So this movie actually has some impressive effects, uh, most of which, especially the animatronics and puppetry, hold up really well, um, I think. Even, like, the CGI overlays on, like, John Waters' like burnt face still look kind of good. Yeah, that intro do be giving me, like, Star Wars Episode One like, CGI, though. I mean, <laughs> like, it probably looked great at the time, but now you go back and watch it, and you're like, oof. <laughs> title sequences are usually made, like, outside of, like, the film's production, so I don't think they had much uh, input on the effects of that. But, like, the, the in-movie effects... Uh, that were done. And also the person behind the animatronics was the guy who got killed off, uh, after taking literally the screws out of Tiffany. He screwed Tiffany and then oh got God. dead. <laughs> he screwed himself. You could say, um, speaking of screwed, this movie was originally rejected for being too gay. by Universal. What? No way. <laughs> what? This movie, gay? <laughs> Universal was like, yeah, this movie is too gay, and so they like, pushed it around to like a subsidiary studio. And it did pretty okay in theaters. It made about twice its budget. Um, and the series only took nine more years to return with Curse of Chucky. Even though this movie, you know, did fairly well, it did about as well as Bride did, percentage-wise, uh, do you think it was... Do you think it being too gay, as they said, uh, helped stall the series? Or was it just like, it just wasn't profitable enough? Don't know. Like I said, I have no context with the rest of the series, so I don't know how gay this movie is in comparison to the others. But Go like, <laughs> it, it seems to me that Again, 2004 is a bit early to be having trans discourse in, like, a big blockbuster movie, but also, like, right on time to be having trans discourse 
in the context of, like, shitty family situations and also possibly mental illness. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> so what you're saying... You could, say, you could say you're right on track. You also could say it's a trailblazer and way ahead of its time. So, like, <laughs> so what you're saying is that since Rent came out in 2005 that this movie actually paved the way for Rent. Actually, Rent came out in... <laughs> Rent came out way before 2005, NATO. It was a musical first, remember? But, uh... I the think movie... NATO's, like, purposefully blocking himself off from, like, remembering anything to do with Rent. I remember that the movie came out in 2005. <laughs> Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> As a thing that you remember about Rent? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the only thing worth remembering about Rent in my very biased opinion. <laughs> is that it came out in 2005. Uh, so, uh, Amelia, since you've kind of seen the entire series, and I've seen most of the series, I haven't seen Three or Cult, but I've seen Curse and the rest um, cults, Curse and Cult of Chucky, Chucky uh, kind of refreshed the series, and the TV show proved the series was still relevant as any other and could do basically what it does with just as much or higher quality than the others on a tighter budget. Do you think Bright and Seed made the right move by taking Chucky into a more comedic direction compared to, like, Nightmare on Elm Street that went more meta with Wes Craven's New Nightmare uh, and balance on, and the balanced self-parody of Friday the 13th that just kind of doing that just kind of kept doing its own formula even in the reboot or even Halloween that, you know, um, I'm not really sure how to describe four through six or eight or uh, resurrection. Yeah, that's sorry. Resurrection was eight. Yeah. Or the reboots that Rob Zombie did uh, before the reboot that continued the series from the first movie, but not part two and onwards. You know what I mean? Uh, do you think it was a good idea for this series to go from more straight horror into comedy? Or do you think that since it went back to more straight horror, that was kind of like maybe a fun diversion? Child's Play is a comedy series. Child's Play is a comedy series. Even if it wasn't like as over the top in the first and second one as it is in like Bride and Seed of Chucky, Child's Play is a comedy series. Um... It is very clearly making a commentary and a parody of things throughout the entire thing. They did exactly what they should, leaning into comedy. I didn't like the more recent child play, child's play, like the reboot or whatever, um, because it leaned too much into like the elevated horror thing that um, we've all heard talked about in Scream 5, if you watch that. Uh, because child's play is at its core, a comedy horror series. <laughs> like, it's self-aware, and it makes fun of itself, and that's what I love about it. Um, so I think Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky are kind of like the uh, pinnacle of that. 
for me in the series, and I think it's the perfect direction for them to go. I should have said, like, explicitly over-the-top comedy. That was my Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're, it's very over-the-top. Like, there's fucking explosions that happen with cars that you know would not happen in real life. Cars don't... Ex- like... <laughs> You've obviously never driven a Ford Pinto. <laughs> okay, about that, I think it's amazing. Wait, wait, that Ford... they had a they had a an, that an illy timed Anna Nicole Smith joke and an ill timed Britney Spears joke. Like seeing now how like everybody and their mom is like so, has become so invested in Britney Spears and her legal troubles with her parents and the rest of her family. Like, it's so funny to me that, like, Britney Spears and Anna Nicole Smith are the two celebrities that they chose to take pot shots at in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, Dahmer uh, just needed a hug. What? What rings was Dahmer the Lord of, Nato? The Cochrane's, uh, if you've oh ever God, read his. Get out of here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, like, that's actually a thing. So there, there's one thing that I was kind of like worried about with Glenn slash Duh, and you know the trope. You know, smarter, more articulate people than me have like talked about it in depth, but the the uh, queer cross-dressing murderer trope. Um, do you think that this movie falls somewhat into those tropes or does it subvert it? It falls into it. Absolutely falls into that trope. (laughs) What are you talking about? It falls into it, 100%. Like, Psycho, Split, this movie, actually I don't know if the guy from Split was queer, I have, I, I didn't watch it, but like... Anything that involves, like, like physical-slash-mental changes in the character, like, is very easy to, like, capitalize on when you're trying to make something other seem scary for the purposes of a movie. So, like, it's, a, it's an easy trope to exploit, even if it is problematic, like, I can see why they use it. <laughs> Although, like, if you're using it nowadays, that's just lazy writing. Yeah. I do, th- I do think in some aspects, it does do better justice to gender fluidity than, um, like, Psycho, for example. Chucky's mostly accepting of them, you know, and supportive. He doesn't, like, you know disown Glenn slash uh at all and Tiffany is very supportive of them too like even I think going as far Chucky as Chucky oddly has a really healthy attitude towards it he's like obviously this is not what I would have considered optimal but like hey you are who you are and like I'm gonna be your dad no matter what, so, like... <laughs> and that's why Chucky is a queer icon. Welcome to Chucky. <laughs> that's one thing that really stood out to me about this, though, is not necessarily, like, obviously I think the internal struggle with 
Glenn slash duh should have been handled better, right? But I was impressed with how the people around them reacted to it. Because it was very much like, obviously, yeah, like you said, they have, you know, it was like, oh, no, you're a boy, you're a girl, blah, blah, blah. Choose. But then at the end of the day, they even had a pronoun switch towards the end of the movie where without even mentioning it or like really like bringing any attention to it, all of a sudden Tiffany is just referring to Gwen slash does they them. And this and is 2004. Is from that point. We love, we stand. <laughs> Why isn't Tiffany the, the queer icon is what I want to know. Um, <laughs> so Don Mancini, who has written the series since the first movie, the first movie was written by uh, three people, and then from the series onwards, it was just written by Don Mancini. This was his directorial debut, and he's one of the most recognizable queer creators in horror, along with Clive Barker and Happy Death Day director Christopher Landon, among many, many unders, others. Uh, God damn it, I can't talk. How crazy is it? Again, that like a, a gay director got um got to make a mainstream queer horror film this open about gender and sexuality in two thousand four, and it was a success. Okay, again, how queer were the movies that came before? Like, I need to know. Philadelphia. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> The boys here. in the band. Uh, <laughs> really, that queer? Because <laughs> uh, well, like, if gay you've deceivers. been sneaking it into the previous movies, then like people can't complain if you come out movie five and you're like, surprise, everyone's gay now. Like, oh, you, <laughs> you meant the you, you meant just in the don't Chucky get to complain. Like it's been there the whole time. If that's the case. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant movies in general. I, I misunderstood that you meant movies in the series. No, I'm talking about child's play specifically, NATO. <laughs> I thought you were comparing child's play to the boys in the band. I was like, oh wow, that is really queer. If you think about it, child's play three is really the boys in the band of horror movies. <laughs> More so than the boys in the band is the horror movie of boys in the band of horror movies, you know. Um, the boys in the band is a horror movie. <laughs> Having to cold call somebody you knew in high school and come out to them is like a nightmare. I, I would argue having to sit through boys in the band is the real horror movie. Um, but I just Speaking don't like of, Amelia, Amelia, when are we kicking NATO out and doing an episode on the boys in the band? <laughs> Whatever well, you want, whenever you want. You're going to have to do both of the movies um, in one. The Boys in the Band 2 Electric Boogaloo. Oh, God, I get out of here, you guys. No. <laughs> Ryan Murphy made a remake for Netflix. Oh, oh that's sorry, right. is that a joke? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not a joke. Oh. Not only did they make a remake for Netflix, but it also, like was on Broadway recently. Uh, and there's also this to be a Broadway musical. I love musicals. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, not a, it's not a Broadway musical. It's a, it's a movie based on a play. Oh, okay. <laughs> but is the play based on the movie based on a play is what I need to know. No. The original movie was also based on a play. 
<laughs> Why are we talking about the boys in the band? Because we're talking about horror movies. Um. Anyway, but like one this thing, episode is a train wreck. One thing I realized watching this movie is that like we don't have a lot of killer dolls like in horror movies that made it big. There's like Annabelle. Uh, Puppet Master, Baby Blues, Teeth, arguably Saw. Why do you think Chucky is so iconic for this category? <laughs> you I don't know. Saw? It seems like seems like doll horror should be like a bigger thing in movies. I think because Chucky and Child's Play as a series in particular is so self-aware that it's funny and people know that it's funny and it's like... Like, Some, Chucky like, just did it so well yeah, that like, nobody I else think, can? I think, like, so many, like, I've seen Puppet Master. I've seen other kind of, I can't remember the titles for the life of me, other, like, horror movies that are based around killer dolls. Saw even. Um, there's a doll in there, and he's Yeah, there's a, a doll, and he's weird and creepy. <laughs> but, like, Annabelle, too, like. Electric doll yeah, Annabelle. I meant Annabelle also, not... <laughs> but, anyways. Um, Child's Play is so self-aware and, like, satirical that, like, it makes you laugh. I think it's a really good balance between people that want gore and people that maybe might not want to be, like, all in on a horror movie. But if it's, like, a comedy horror movie, then, like, they're all in. So it hits a lot of those demographics. It's like, it, Michael Myers might be hitting too close to home for you, then, like, Child's Play is a good step down because, like, it hits that doll horror niche, but also, like, it's just unbelievable enough that, like, you can take a step back and kind of view it as comedy. I think also with the idea of killer dolls, if you do it badly then it just becomes laughably bad. Because it is like a doll. And, like, my grandma had, like, a wall of porcelain dolls, and they were the creepiest thing ever. I when slept I was, like, across a, a shelf full of those when I was growing up. Yeah. When <laughs> I, I was in middle in school, <laughs> when I was in middle school, our computer sciences teacher would, like, spend class time on eBay looking up haunted dolls and, like, showing them to the class. I love your computer sciences teacher. Oh, he was was amazing. Like, (laughs) we were convinced that he was in the mob because, like, one time one of our classmates saw him standing out in the rain in a trench coat smoking a cigarette. (laughs) But I'm like, oh, Mr. C must be in the mob. I mean, that's the only logical explanation. On the other side of things, like, going back to doing things poorly, so there's this foreign horror movie called Baby Blues. It's about this couple that brings home a doll, and they have a kid, and these, like, horrible things start happening to them. Uh, And one person, I think it's the guy goes crazy thinking, you know, it's the doll and no one believes him. And so... uh, and for the most part of the movie, the doll is just static, and you don't see anything. But near the end, there's a scene where they're, where it's outside by the pool, and the father's, like, rushing to get home, because, like, he, he feels like something, he knows something's, like, bad, and he has to, like, save the baby. And so it's, like, him rushing, and it's really tense, and then you, 
you cut to a shot of like a wind-up doll pushing a baby towards a pool. And it's the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. Just imagining, like, baby Tarzan, like, falling through the canopy of the treehouse. <laughs> and the gorilla mom is like, no! And it just keeps cutting back to, like, you know, the father, like, rushing to, like, save the baby and cutting to, like, the, just the doll, like, nudging the baby towards the pool. It's just like, someone had to know. And the the rest of the movie was pretty tense, like to be honest. Like I I really liked like ninety percent of the movie, and then I just lost it at the end. Uh, and Teeth arguably has the best puppet, which is a vagina. Um, so one of the things that I find fascinating with movies with hor- with a horror genre is how familiar we feel towards the sort of the killers in the movies themselves we're more identifying with Chucky and empathizing with him and rooting for him much like you're probably rooting for me to go back in time and give Dahmer hugs and kisses because that's all he needed (laughs) because we can fix him he's been broken but we can fix him (laughs) Do you think there's do you think there's a lot of problem with empathizing with villains and fictional If horror? you're like struggling for representation, perhaps not, but like I don't know, anybody who does murder is pretty hard for me to empathize with. <laughs> Usually, yeah. <laughs> how do you, just how do you... as a as a base rule? <laughs> Wait, murder is wrong? Oh, NATO. <laughs> Is that why they arrested Dahmer? <laughs> oh, NATO. Um, no, I think they arrested Dahmer because uh, they really didn't have a choice once they found the pictures, to be honest. Uh, you Well, I mean, you know what they say. You're not, a- you're not that able if you're not a can-able. Oh my god, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Do you, do you, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> do you think, do you think, uh, as much as, you know, Chucky is a well-written, great character, do you think that over the years with horror movies having uh, characters that are more charismatic and colorful, that people to some extent connect with over their victims. Do you think that has helped in any way to people sort of dommering or bundying things up on Tumblr and on Netflix? I don't know. I just find the whole fetishization of serial killers thing to be kind of problematic in the first place. Oh, absolutely. Like, as somebody who has loved reading about this kind of stuff for a very long time, like, I read about it because it's interesting to me, like, just trying to figure out, like, mentally where they're at. 
there's so many people that like fetishize them or like they'll talk about how Ted Bundy is hot and I'll joke about the unibrow, right? Or I'll joke yeah. about like Dahmer. But like watching documentaries about them or watching like the movie interpretations of them the entire time I'm like no, like this is wrong. Like they're fucking weird and they're fucked up and like I, mm, I don't know. I yeah, there's, there's, like a, a, there's a fine line between, like, serial killers are interesting, what makes them tick, and literally murder me daddy. Yeah, like... <laughs> Ooh, Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember there were, like, people on, on like, freaking Tumblr who were, like, you know, you know, adult women specifically being, like, I could fix Dahmer, and me going... You couldn't if you tried. Uh, first of all, Dahmer was not straight, so I don't know how these women would have fixed him. <laughs> uh, Nato's like, no, you can't, but I can. I can. <laughs> but you That's know, my job, bitch. God. I don't, but yeah, Step back there's, and let the gays do their work. <laughs> do you think, like, the documentaries and the retelling their stories, fuck you, Ryan Murphy, um, that, like, focus on these serial killers and try to, like, humanize them are kind of a result of horror movies humanizing their characters or at least like the idea no i don't think first of all i don't think that horror movies really humanize at least older horror movies i think recently maybe we're veering more towards like trying to understand people but older who horror movies I don't think humanize their characters, right? Because the original Michael Myers is just senselessly killing people. In the second movie, they were kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, BT Dubs, like, that's his sister or some shit. I don't know. He's just still so senselessly killing people. It's the same with, like, right. you know, uh, Freddy Krueger. It's the same with, like, Jason. Like, none of these people are to be sympathized with. I think really what it is is that with the advent of the internet and, like, just being exposed to more stuff, people are desensitized from that because everything is kind of, like, at a distance and anonymous. And also, if you're, like, around our age and you grew up through the internet, like, with the internet, you probably saw a lot of fucked up shit that desensitized you. And it wasn't, like, serial killer movies. It was actual murders that you saw on, like, Rotten.com or wherever the fuck other, like, depths of the internet you went to as a 13-year-old. Because that stuff was just out there for people our age, specifically. Um, It feels to me like older slasher movies try and take, like, the exact opposite approach, which is to otherize the non-human aspects of the killers. Whereas when you get to Child's Play, like, Chucky is a doll. He's already (laughs) as non-human as you can get. So why try and otherize him when he's already other? Like, instead, you humanize him and turn it into a comedy. Right. Let me, like, okay. Specific, not so much, like, older, like, the kind of, like, 80s, 70s, like, slasher renaissance. Um, But, like, the Halloween reboot, for example, uh, just the Halloween reboot, like, really tried to, like, buy by Rob Zombie, try to humanize Michael Myers to an extent where it's just like, but I don't find him scary one. anymore. Yeah, 
Well, not everyone. I mean, it well, made enough money for a sequel. I guess so, but, like, most people, like, if you listen to what people, like, are saying about, you know, Rob Zombie's remake, like, most people are not fans of the Rob Zombie remake. Or the Nightmare, the, or the nightmare the thing remake. The about Michael they, Myers that is most scary to me is the fact that he's, like, a big stabby monolith. Yeah. Like, I don't need him to be humanized. He's more terrifying as, like, the great stabby unknown. Which is, which is <laughs> what the newer Halloween movies are going back to, is that, like, Michael Myers isn't human, and the new reboot that came out, uh, what was it, like, three, four years ago, like, Laurie and him are not siblings. Like, he is just after her because he didn't kill her the first time. Yeah, they, they rebooted it back to part one. Yeah. So. Like, <laughs> which, like, which also, means that we have Halloween AUs in alternate timelines. <laughs> but also, like, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street reboot tried to humanize Freddy. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, tried to humanize Leatherface by making it his family that were, that were mainly the monsters. I think that's the, I think that's the one. That's the one with Renee Zellweger and Matthew yeah, McConaughey. I think so. Um. Matthew was a scream queen. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, they tried to bury that movie. Um, Hellraiser never tried to do it, to my knowledge, because like he's, a, you know, Pinhead's a fucking demon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> By the way, super excited about new Hellraiser since you brought oh, it up. So much. I have Hulu just for that. Um, I. Di- forgot that i had hulu until they like popped up on my monthly charges again i'm like oh fuck i get hulu for free from my cell phone provider same with disney plus and espn plus i guess it's just like the when they try to reboot it they try to make them human because what's more scary than a human being um and the answer is obviously michael myers um because he's not human, he is whatever you want him to be, and Dahmer is dead. <laughs> no, stop uh, it, <laughs> Nito, you're fired. <laughs> Next time we do a slasher movie, <laughs> I want to see how horny Nato can get for a different slasher character. Oh my god, no! Stop it. I don't even don't like you blondes. Dare, don't you dare manifest that. <laughs> no, Why it's it's that? science now. It's science now. We have to. <laughs> For the name of science. No, next time I'm gonna. Next time I'm just gonna do Gacy. I'm just gonna work my way through all the gay serial killers for jokes, uh, or bis- bisexual in Gacy's case. Was that? Um, I was about to say. Was that a pun on Gacy's name? Get out of here. <laughs> was there anything the Gacy real killers? <laughs> I got it now. It was a bit slow was, on the uptake there. Was was there anything this movie left you wishing that it had more of or didn't include for you or just something you wish that it had improved on? I think if anything, the one thing that I was expecting in this movie, like coming into it as a first time viewer was like actual serious doll horror, which again, I think was like, I've given to understand was Child's Play 1 and 2. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be quite as campy and, like, diluted away from that as it was. 
So, like, yeah, if anything, I would have liked actual, like, serious doll horror. Well, then you can go watch Teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up. What about you, Amelia? Um, I mean, I... Like I said, I, I watch the Child's Play movies with some uh, some months of regularity, so this is everything I was expecting it to be. Uh, it made me laugh, and as I told you earlier, I was super depressed before I watched it, and then I watched this movie, and I was like, oh yeah, life is worth living, this shit's hilarious, so... <laughs> Jennifer Tilly's a complete slut. All is right with the world. (laughs) What do you think is the best aspect of Seed and why it maybe should have kept the series going in a more over-the-top comedic way? It's how self-aware it is. It's so self-aware. Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) Like, again, my favorite part of Ocean's 12 was the part where Julia Roberts plays somebody playing Julia Roberts. Like... That shit gets me going, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the comments about Jennifer Tilly's voice, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that Chucky should have kept going in this direction? Uh, sorry. Do you think Chucky should have kept going instead of taking like nearly a decade off? Or do you think that that time off really helped refocus the series and keep and make it as big as it's become again. I think it doesn't matter. I think child's play is one of those like iconic kind of like original slasher movies um, from the eighties that just kind of has staying power. It doesn't matter if like it takes 20 years off, when people hear that there's a new Child's Play movie, they're going to go see it. Right. It's, like, one of those things, like, I've never seen a Child's Play movie before last night as time of recording, but, like, I knew who Chucky was. I know the gist of the story. Like, I may not have ever seen a Nightmare Before Elm Street movie before I watched two last year, but I knew who freddie was like it's so ubiquitous do you think chucky is like worthy of sort of like the queer icon status they've gained oh yeah he's in the zeitgeist there's no denying babadook chucky um i want to say torso no the guy from my bloody valentine yeah let's go with that one (laughs) <laughs> right. I think it was pretty good uh, you know mostly let's sum this sucker up uh, Amelia did this fa- did this film make you want to find out if Chucky Finster was based on the character or like Chucky and Tiffany's uh, relationship did it make you want to dom her instead uh, I never thought of the Chucky Doll, Chucky Finster um, pipeline, but like, yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I watch it all the time. Watch this movie on repeat, on loop. It's great. It's amazing. Let's go. 
Bro, did this movie make you wish for a movie where Chucky goes to his family reunion or remind you of when you would curl up in the closet, crying yourself to sleep as the Teddy Ruxpin's eyes glowed devilishly in the moonlight and you know they were going to kill you if you if you went to sleep? Um, the audio started glitching, like, really hardcore, so I heard literally none of that. Anyway, that's what we think. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah, this movie's great. Give it a watch if you haven't. If you, I mean, if you haven't, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, and if you have watched it again. Go watch it. <laughs> also, like, maybe skip over the turkey baster scene. Like, it's a little much. <laughs> Anyway, that's what we think, though. If you've seen this movie or into watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, Why are you there? Why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions, and we can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Nato Kitsch, here to say that it's not you, it's Dom Her. Get out of here! Stop it! <laughs> <laughs>